This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. Today I am joined by the wonderful, the lovely Inda Jazz. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Nice to be here. It's really, really great to have you in the studio. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? I know you do like quite a lot of advocacy um, and a lot of stuff online, particularly to do with Instagram. So why don't you tell our lovely listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, I do quite a few things. So, um, I mean, I'm doing a PhD at, at Queen Mary, but I'm also um, involved in non-binary London, um, yep. which I set up last year. And it's basically started as a Facebook group and has kind of turned into um, a website. And um, we kind of meet up every now and then, and basically a space for non-binary people to, to find other non-binary people. Um, then I'm also involved in everyday cissexism, which is about kind of um, challenging people to not be transphobic <laughs> sort yeah. of stuff um, and include trans people and non-binary people in their organisations and services and stuff like that um, and then I do various other things like uh, bar whatever um, on, a, on a Tuesday at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern which is like a, a queer cabaret night but yeah. it's r- run by trans and non-binary people majority, mostly I mean, it sounds like really, really important work that you're mm. doing, especially because I think right now, you know, representation of non-binary people and trans people in general is mm. really, really important. What kind of drove you to do it? Did you find that there weren't really many non-binary groups around? Did you find it was hard to meet other non-binary people? I think for non-binary London, yeah, um, that was kind of the motive. Um, yeah. So I moved to London two years ago when I started at Queen Mary, um, and I was looking for some somewhere to find other non-binary people in London. Yeah. It just doesn't didn't seem to be like a central thing. Mm-hmm. There are various events and things and that's been increasing over the last few years, but there wasn't like a central group or organization that brought everyone together. Mm-hmm. So I thought there was a space yeah, no, yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely, definitely. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the time we talk about the LGBT plus community yeah. and we are all one community and we come together for pride and, you know, we celebrate all these things together yeah. because we have had that history of having to kind of fight oppression together. But at the same time, yeah. I think there are so many different people within the kind of intersectionalities within the LGBT plus community. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can be difficult for those people to find one another. You know, yeah. as, a, as a gay man, it's very easy for me to walk into yeah. a gay bar and or you know so many other different spaces and and find other gay men that's become quite easy for me now especially with you know the rise of the internet and yeah. grinder and dating culture and all these things it, it's really really easy but i can understand that for a trans person trying to find another trans person you know as as a friend to date whatever it might be mm. that must be really difficult and then mm. you know there are layers beneath that how difficult is it for you know, a non-binary person to find another non-binary person just so that they have somebody to talk to or how difficult is it for, you know, a, an intersex person to find another intersex person, for instance. Yeah. So I think what you're doing is is really, really important. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I'm really interested in, well, as well, tell, tell me about this this kind of... Is, is it a night you've set up at the RVT? Oh, no. no you've it's been, been going for n- 13 years. Oh, wow. Okay. I've just <laughs> been completely under a rock <laughs> no. with this one. So if I set it up, I would have been 14 when it's yes. <laughs> um, a little bit young. Um, no, it's been, it's been going for th- about 13 years, and I think there were some broader Whatever World events before that. Um, Club Whatever, I think, was the first. So Whatever World is... Um, an organisation mainly run by someone called Ingo Kando. Yeah. Um, and, and they set up Bar Whatever 13 years ago at a different venue, and then it moved to the RBT about halfway through its lifetime, I think. Yeah. Um, and it runs every every Tuesday at RBT. And I think it's 
that makes it the longest running weekly queer cabaret night um, possibly in the world. But um, but yeah, definitely one of the longest. Um, and and, and how how are you involved personally? Do you just go along and show up and have a good time, or do, or do you kind of get involved? Initially, I went along with non-binary London people. Um, so two or three non-binary London people, I went along with them. Um, but then. Uh, one night the previous DJ coordinator asked if people wanted to be DJs and I agreed to um, <clears throat> a friend of mine who was there um, we both went up and, and agreed to, to give it a go Yeah. and then I've been involved as a DJ on the regular team like doing a DJing once a month for, for quite a while now and then uh, this month I took on the DJ coordination role so so yeah, I'm, I'm mainly involved with the DJs, but then I've also performed some poetry there uh, once. Amazing. And we'll be doing it again soon. So just fing- fingers in all the pies, just <laughs> yeah. getting getting in, involved in every way that you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 we, you know we've spoken a lot about the kind of physical spaces, mm. but I want to talk a bit more about kind of online space as well because I know that's something you're very passionate about. Mm. You know, um, people if they can't reach out, you know, is, you, we have so many people out there who are living in small towns, for instance, yeah. all around mm. the country, or you know, outside of the country as well, and mm. it's not even if you set up these spaces for people to go to they're not always completely accessible for everyone so mm. i think you know the, the the whole digital world is so important for so many people out there and yeah. you know we have social media platforms like twitter and instagram now where people are really turning to those to find other people mm. like them so that they can find somebody they that they can learn from that they can yeah. relate to that they can make friends with and i know you're really passionate and involved with that so so mm. tell me a bit more about why you think that's so important uh, so yeah, I mean, with Non-Binary London, we have recently had sort of more regular events, like once a month, but it, it started out as an online space, mostly, um, and I think it offers a, a place for people who, who can't always come into London, can't afford it, or can't um, yeah. just can't don't have the time to, to come to our meetups and events, and other events that often have a price tag associated with them. It offers them a space to just talk, um, and, and daily they can talk around topics that might be non-binary specific they might just be broadly queer or they might be um completely unrelated but they just have a kind of sense of community mm-hmm. and a place where they can be themselves without having to kind of mitigate without having to kind of reduce what what they what their identity is and what their expression is and and that kind of stuff and then also um spaces like instagram can be really useful so yeah. personally for me my own kind of trans femme development um Instagram really helped a lot with that. Um, so initially, I kind of took the step with, when I was amongst um, supportive friends in, in Trans Pride Brighton to wear a dress in public last year. That's um, amazing. And then I, I posted that on Instagram um, and kind of received support from people. That so if I if I posted it on Facebook, I would know that there were people there that I was less comf- confident would be supportive. Whereas Absolutely. on Instagram. I'd followed people that I knew specifically would be kind of supportive of my my queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that kind of provided an initial validation, and then I kind of gradually posted more and more photos and more and more different types of expression, and and kind of pushed the boundaries steadily using Instagram as, mm-hmm. a, as a platform to to seek that validation. Um, and then from there, I felt more confident to bring it to the broader network of, of Facebook, and then. Um, in person to other spaces so it was really it was really kind of getting that validation yeah. initially from you know attending pride in a dress for the first mm. time it was it was getting that online validation that then mm. gave you the courage and the, and the and the passion to yeah. kind of take it to the next levels but i think also it, it allowed me to have kind of um low risk um so so I, I posted it online knowing that I wouldn't immediately be in in kind of immediate physical threat. Yes. Whereas if I course. did it in person, then there's kind of the immediate threat and you have to kind of handle the situation then and there. 
Whereas if it's online, then you can always sort of um, step back for, for an hour or two and then respond to any... If you did have any hate, you could respond to it later on or ignore it, potentially. Absolutely. So, so it offers a different way of doing things with a kind of lower risk, in, in a sense. Yeah, and I think it's becoming a lot more common for people to kind of do that now. You get mm. so many more, you know, a lot more people now coming out online. And, mm. you know, a lot of people out there will often come out online kind of under, a, sometimes under a fake name, under a fake picture. Yeah. You know, they set up a, a Twitter account. They make loads of friends, mm. you know, through their own genuine personality. But maybe it's just mm. not a picture of them and it's not their real name yeah. so that their friends and family can't find them. Sure. And then they come out to those communities and those communities welcome them and they realize that you know it's okay to be lgbt plus and it really gives them that sense of real validation and Mm -hmm. you know this is this is this is very very nerdy right now but um (laughs) when i was a a, a young teenager years before i came out in the real world Mm. um i came out in an online video game and i told you know i was i was using an avatar and i was using a a fake name Mm. and all of these things and i felt safe and secure in telling people Mm. that i was gay because you know what what could they actually do to me you know and yeah. nobody did ever have yeah. a negative reaction but if they did i w- i felt completely safe so i was kind of similar as a teen so um when i was a, a teenager i i was on this um even more geeky like an online i think it was irc internet relay chat like a chat room okay. um which is basically like a quiz bot yeah so sure. just just ask questions and then but mostly it was kind of the discussion that people went there for rather than the quiz questions sure and that was kind of the first space where i said to anyone oh i think i might be bi or, or whatever yeah uh, as i identified at the time um and and it, and it did kind of offer a space where there was that low risk like, there wasn't anyone that i knew there that could could out me to anyone else so, yeah so yeah i i think i think the online world as well it it, it it can show us how many people like us there are out there because mm. it can be very difficult. And, you know, I was speaking to a very, very close friend of mine recently who is a cisgender straight woman. And although I'm her best friend, um, mm. you know, she doesn't she doesn't really know that many LGBT plus people. And I'd been having a conversation about trans people. And, you know, somebody was saying that people find it difficult to understand what being trans is because they they don't know a trans person. Mm. And, you know, I I, I know loads of trans people, but that's because I'm so involved in the LGBT plus communities. Um, And I asked my friend, I says, do you actually know any Mm. any trans people? And she said, no, I've never I've never met a trans person in my life. And it completely blew my mind that, yeah. you know, she's she's in her early 30s and she and she I'm sure she had met trans people, but she wasn't mm. aware that sure. she'd met trans people. And I found that so, so interesting because, you know, just just finding other people, it must feel incredibly isolating mm. when, you know, you, you, you can't see those people mm. around you and, and, and it must be really difficult. So but you go online and suddenly yeah. there's and I mean, in your group, you must have a lot of members. In non-binary London. Yeah, I think uh, the Facebook group has 530-ish now. Yeah. Um, which is it's grown a lot over the last few months and over the last year, was it after it's been set up. But then we also have some people who are not on Facebook. Um, so we have other other means of accessing people as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, incredible work, it's incredible work that you're doing, um, and it's a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks. Um, we're going to be playing a lot of fun games today here mm. in the studio. Um, later on in the show, we're going to be reacting to people's sex confessions. So if you are listening in and you would like to send in your sex confessions, you can do that by emailing callum at foobarradio.com, and that is completely confidential. So, you know, you can spill all your naughty, naughty <laughs> secrets without any judgment for, from your friends. Please also tweet us in and say hi or tell us your thoughts on any of the conversations we're having today you can do that by tweeting at foobar radio um and i think it's time for a bit of music don't you yep yep (laughs) all right let's have a little respect by erasure 
That was a little bit of erasure there and the lovely Andy Bell obviously is a bit of a legend, a bit of a gay icon himself. So yeah, shout shout out to him. And I haven't heard that song in so, in so long. Mm. We, were, we were just discussing there it, when this song is from. We think it sounds 80s. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm, I have not done enough research. Terrible, <laughs> terrible, naughty car. I'm being told that yes, my lovely producer is telling me that yes, it is from the 80s. Of course it is. Uh, we're going to play a little bit of a game now. Uh, we're going to do some porn or not porn. Okay. This is a bit of a, this is our, our listeners' favourite game. <laughs> um, in, this, in this game, 
we have lots of different audio clips. Some of them have been taken from porn, okay. and some of them have been taken from not porn. Um, and our theme this week, um, apparently J.K. Rowling surprised a gay couple during their wedding photo shoot. Um, and while the Harry Potter fans were posing, she snuck up behind them with the photographer catching everything. Okay. And I, I haven't seen this, um, but, but, but shout out to JK for doing that. So our theme this week is going to be Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, so these sound bites are either from porn or from Harry <laughs> Potter. The films. The films. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure where, where this is going to be going. So I don't know the answers to these either. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be a team on this. We're going to work together to try and figure these out. Okay. Um, I, there's going to be something of Hermione moaning. Mm-hmm. I already know that's going to be in there. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like it is. Um, Can it be from any type of porn? Uh, yes. Okay. So it could be like wizard or witchcraft porn. Okay. Or like a really bad Harry Potter fan. Mm. You know, they make pawns of all sorts now. Mm. So... Yeah, it could be literally anything. <laughs> um, so, yeah, should we dive right in? Yep. Okay, the first one is... Morning. Ah. Hmm. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Sounded <sighs> like morning. Um, I don't know if... I, I feel like I was... I, are, you, are you a Harry Potter fan? I've watched all the films. Yeah. I, I'm not a, a mega fan. So, so you know, films. like, the main characters. Because yeah. yeah. so, I feel like I'm hearing one mm. of the characters here, but I don't, I don't know who it is. I'm going to play it again. Mm. Morning. Hmm. Like, like, oh, what was the one with the one eye? Him. One eye. Is that him? Maybe. Sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be. It could be one of many, many people. I, hmm. I got a little bit of Hagrid there, but I'm, I'm not sure. Morning. It sounds like a Hagrid. lot of the characters, but it doesn't sound like a specific character. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. Um, but also, um, it could be porn. Hmm. But I don't know. It's a bit. It's a little bit. It's it, not the sexiest morning, yeah. is it? It could be um, an intro if it's like a properly like chore- like acted and scripted. Yes, porn. it could be someone saying good morning, sort of thing. So what what are you visualizing so, here? It's two people lying in bed, and maybe, maybe one of them wakes up, and the other one's saying yeah. morning. Maybe, or it could be sort of a, a morning hookup or something, and someone's uh-huh. just opened the door. <laughs> that could be yeah, breakfast hookup. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's have it again. Morning. Mm, I, I I am leaning towards Harry Potter. Okay. Are you, are you as well? I don't want, sure. I don't want to twist your arm. It does sound Harry Pottery. It sounds Harry Pottery, but, but then maybe that's why they've chosen it to trip yeah. us trip us up. Oh, I, what what are we saying? I'm going to let let's you go, decide. Let's go for it, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Okay, we are saying Harry Potter. And the answer is not porn. It is Harry and Ginny were kissing and George walked in with a grin and said morning. Is that one of the twins, Fred and George? Maybe. I was hearing an older (laughs) man. Yeah, me too. Morning. Ah, yeah, it's one of the the twins. It sounds like a Mm. much, much older man, but um, sure, fine. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Would you like the next one? Yep. Okay, here we go. Dumbledore's got style. What? <laughs> what was that? Dumbledore's got what? Style, I think. Oh, this is going to be from porn, yeah. isn't it? This is like some Harry Potter theme. Busted, rip off Harry Potter porn. Let's have that again. Dumbledore's got style. Dumbledore's got style. <laughs> no uh, way is that from the films. I'm just trying to like, if it was from the films, mm. where would that be from? Because I don't ever remember that being said. Harry Potter is way too serious for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, f- I feel so... Yeah, mm. we're, we're saying porn. This mm. is definitely from porn. Mm. Final answer. <laughs> and the answer is... What? It's what? It's not porn. It's from Harry Potter. 
It's the Minister of Magic, Cornelius Fudge, and Kingsley Shacklebot arrive at Hogwarts to arrest <laughs> Albus Dumbledore. Dumbledore swiftly escapes with Forks, the Phoenix, by bursting into flames. He was commenting on the style of his escape. I don't remember this ever being said. I feel like I'm mm. being lied to. Uh, l- um, let's have that again. Dumbledore's got style. Double. Dumbledore's got style. We've been <laughs> ultimate double bluff. Dumbledore's got style. It, that sounds so porny. I, I think I can remember the the moment. I remember that but, happening, but I don't remember this yeah. being said. Have they have they warped the sound? Uh, yeah. I, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're gonna, they're gonna show us later. I I, I, be, I believe you. All right, <laughs> next one. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure I can get him inside you. <laughs> what was that? Oh, don't worry. I'm sure I can get him inside you. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure I can get him inside you. The, oh, See that that the, actually I, sounds more believable to me. But yeah, but, but what get him inside? I feel. Oh. Oh, I feel like... Plot. Is it a double bluff again? It, it sounds believable, but also it could easily be just believable porn. What would he be getting inside him? A wand, <laughs> according to your according to your hand gesture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Oh. I just... I'm like, they could be talking about some like magical thing that mm. he like has to swallow and it's a bit big. Mm. Sounds like porn again. Mm. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. It sounds very, yeah. like, well-produced porn, if it is porn. Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe it is just well-produced porn. Should we, ha- let's listen very, very carefully. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure I can get him inside you. I think I, the music doesn't sound quite... Good this, enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds similar to Harry Potter, but not quite the same. And I, I, I don't know, the, the actor who is speaking there, mm. it's like their accent almost slips mm. a little bit at okay. the end, which is going to, Harry Potter fans are going to come for me if this is actually <laughs> from Harry Potter now and I'm criticising it. Mm. We're like, yeah, the music's not good enough and the <laughs> acting is terrible. This can't be from Harry Potter. Um, but no, I, do we think it's porn? I think it's porn. We think it's mm. porn. We're saying porn. Porn! Schoolboy wizards summon themselves <laughs> a hot redhead fuck toy. He was holding a massive wand dildo. <laughs> they summon themselves mm. a hot redhead fuck toy. Wow, that is a graphic <laughs> explanation. Um, oh, I'm being told more. They got in trouble from the headmaster for using magic to summon hot chicks. Okay. Right. I, I actually kind of want to watch this porno. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It sounds like the kind of thing that I would probably, probably enjoy. I'm definitely going to be so watching that after the who show. Who was holding the dildo? Um, I think maybe the hot redhead fuck toy boy okay. was no, it, it <laughs> no, it the was the wizard school he- boy. Okay, I'm I'm very confused, but I'm also <laughs> very turned on. It sounds <laughs> sounds fantastic. All right, next one. Looks can be deceiving, young lady. Hmm. Hmm, that sounds Harry Potter. It does sound yeah. Harry Pottery, and it's that it's that footstep mm. at the end. Like I'm seeing Hogwarts, I'm seeing I'm seeing the school, mm. and then I'm seeing like somebody about to like march in from the back. Mm. Looks can be deceiving, young lady. But could this be a double bluff in the opposite yeah, direction? Yes, it could be. Because it sounds so mundane. Hmm. Yes, I, I like the way you're thinking. Although it could also be, looks can be deceiving, as in you don't expect. 
what you see under the clothes. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, perhaps. If they're basing it on stereotypes. Yes. <laughs> it, oh, I don't know. It could go either way. Mm. Looks can be deceiving, young lady. Hmm. I don't recognize the, the voice, but... I feel like there are so many of these, like, power play dynamics between, like, teacher and student yeah. and things like that and, and discipline mm-hmm. that it's so easy to take something like Harry Potter and take little snippets out of context mm. and and suddenly everything sounds absolute yeah. filth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, d- I don't know. I'm really stuck on this one. I think it probably is Harry Potter. But Do you? Do you? But then there's been two not pawns and then one Yeah. Pawn, so. mm. I, I, I have an inkling it might be porn. Okay. Should we go for it? Yes. <laughs> we're going for it. We are saying porn. And the answer is porn. Professors got the moves. They were saying the professor doesn't have dance moves. And he said looks can be <laughs> deceiving. Then, then, then everything turned sexy. Of course it did. All right. Our final, final one is. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just, just straight in. Just no subtlety. Oh. I, uh, I think it's probably not, but. I, it sounds like it could easily be, but I reckon they've, it, they've really messed mm. with my head this week mm. because it sounds so obviously porn mm. that then I'm thinking that it must not be porn, but mm. then they keep pulling double bluffs, so maybe they just found the most obvious porn noise that they could. There's a lot of struggling in Harry Potter, mm. in like a physical... like a game of Quidditch, and he's yeah. like tussling on the handle of the broom or or mm. something. It's not Harry though. I'm telling you that much. Okay. Listen. Oh. That Harry does not moan <laughs> like that. It could be like Ron. Ron. Could see Ron like mm. getting getting a good like smack around the face or something. Oh. Or could it even <laughs> could, could it even be Voldemort? Oh. I don't think Voldemort, Voldemort has ever made that noise. <laughs> okay. Has he? Oh. I no. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds. Oh, I just. It sounds a bit American. It's an American groan. And they're all... It's an American groan. (laughs) I can tell the difference. Um, Yeah, and I just... Everyone in Harry Potter is British. You know? It Mm. sounds... Sounds American to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I can see it as British, but I'm I'm not an expert on groanings. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to say. Um... Let's say it's porn. Shall we? Maybe yeah, we're, bluff we're, again. we're calling you on your bluff and we're saying <laughs> that it is porn. Final answer. Not porn. It's Voldemort hugging Draco during a massive fight scene. Okay. Are you t- so is this Voldemort's voice? Oh. Hug, hugging Draco. Oh. I d- how? <laughs> I <don't- laughs> Maybe he's exhausted it's- and he's just like taking a break and like falling into Draco or something. Just like ah, oh. yeah. Oh, oh, so it's not. It's it, yeah. It's not a struggle. It's a, it's a sigh of relief. Yeah, it's not a gentle oh. caress. Right, that's enough of that. Right, very good. We we did terribly at this game this week. I'm thoroughly thoroughly disappointed in did us. We get one out of five. I think we only got one right. <laughs> um, we should hang our heads in shame. Um, shall we have a bit more music? Um, let's have a little bit of M&EK to liven up our spirit. That was More Than a Miracle by M&EK. And I, I just absolutely love that man because he is so... Bra- I don't know if brazen is the right word, but mm. he's just like so 
out there with mm. his sexuality. He's one of those people who's like just not apologetic about That's it awesome. at all. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing him a few times this year and he just has an incredible, an unbelievably talented group of, of, of dancers that he works with. And the whole performance is so like full of sexual energy and it's just so, it's so gay and it's so queer <laughs> and it's just, it's just so wonderful to see. Um, Sounds fabulous. So yeah, we, we constantly play m and on this show and, mm. and that's why, because we absolutely adore him. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about um, everyday cis sexism, yep. which is the campaign that you work on, mm-hmm. um, and that's about. Why don't, why don't you tell us what that's about? Yeah, so I mean, it's mainly kind of about calling out or calling in um, organisations. Um, it's not specific to organisations, but I mean, that's the majority of what we do. Um, so often on. For instance, sign-up forms for services or, or websites or whatever, you'll see a gender form or mm-hmm. a gender field or a title field. And the gender field will say female or male. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, that excludes non-binary people. Or it might say uh, female, male, trans-female, trans-male. Trans and then that's kind of creating a, a distinction mm-hmm. where the probably needn't be one. Um, in, in terms of most services, you don't need to kind of distinguish between cis people and trans people but then also you're you're making the trans people marked and the cis people normal by not including cis yeah. um then also on title fields having things like mr versus mr or mrs yeah or mr mrs Ms. and miss um then again non-binary people will often use mux mx um yes. so so it's kind of mostly those kinds of things where we're we're just basically pointing out to organizations that they need to include us and these are some simple steps they can take to include us in their databases and stuff like that it does also have implications on things like dating apps so um <clears throat> i think on tinder you can you can say on your profile that you're non-binary yeah but you still have to be seen in searches as a man or a woman yeah um so so and, i mean and- I, I do. I do think that is. A, I think that's a big problem that I see mm. kind of cropping up re- over and over again. And 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 recently, um, I, w- I went to an event with a non-binary person, mm. and it was kind of a, a, a fancy dress affair. Yeah. Um, and so you were assigned a character in, mm. in advance, and, and and the form in the database when it actually asked you yeah. um, your gender, it did say male female other which i know isn't the most inclusive thing in the world mm. but it's but it's better than just having yeah, the male and female food. options mm. um and my friend felt very included yeah. be- because they had that other option so they mm. selected the other option mm. and then as a result of that they were randomly assigned either a male or a female identity okay. and it, 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 i it, i felt like it just completely missed the point you know yeah, what is yeah. what is even yeah. the point of having that box there yeah. if you're not then going to follow up and respect that mm. um so but i do understand that organizing organizations kind of struggle and i guess mm. that's what you guys are trying to yeah, do yeah. is yeah. is educate people and say mm. you know making these small changes will make a difference mm. and, and and it does make a difference because mm. even i get angry when i see <laughs> it so i can only un- uh, imagine yeah. how it must make you feel or other yeah. people feel and i mean it is very much about calling in rather than calling out yeah all the time. absolutely so it's, it's saying it's not saying you're you're a terrible organization stop doing what you're doing because you haven't considered us it's saying hello we exist <laughs> start, Absolutely. start including us from today sort of thing which is i, I think is always the best approach yeah. you know there's a there's, there's a lot of angry activism out there and i think mm. there is there is a time and there is a place for that yeah but definitely. i think a lot of the time you know we can win a lot more battles by just talking mm. to people and trying to educate people mm. so yeah, I, I like that a lot mm. calling in rather than yeah. calling out and i mean there, there are bigger issues so if, you, if we take an intersectional approach there, there are people who are marginalized in other ways that are much more significant so economically marginalized through being a trans person of color for instance or, mm-hmm. or something like that 
these are these are kind of small administrative issues they they do weigh they do kind of add up um but but we shouldn't necessarily be getting super angry over these we should we should call them in um but we should be getting angry over more uh pressing kind of, issues yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but at the same time there are people like everyday sexism who who do the kind of small work which does add up into kind of bigger kind of social attitudes and stuff like that Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, we, we we touched on um, dating apps mm. there for just a second. So yeah. I've got I've got a little game based on dating apps here. Okay. Um, I don't know how you feel about dating apps, but I, th- mm. I, I think you're going to like this game. <laughs> so rather than um, deciding whether you are going to swipe left or right on a person based on their appearance, mm. you're going to decide whether you're going to swipe left or right based on one fact about them. Okay. So your first one is you're on a first date. And a condom falls out of their wallet slash purse mm. onto the table. And then they wink at you. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little cheesy. Mm. It's a little out there. I think it really depends on the context. Yeah, like, I think so too. If we'd had a conversation beforehand or if it was from a, the kind of app where that is kind of the norm, then, mm-hmm. then maybe it's okay. Um, it can make people uncomfortable and I think they should recognize that and it's not the best thing to do. Yeah. Um, but if yeah, if we talked about it beforehand, then then it would it would be fine and swipe swipe right. I, I don't mind people being cheeky if if that's been established as okay. Absolutely, um, and and and, you, and I think you're totally right about the context as well yeah. because you know I think if somebody if it, it, you know if it has been quite flirtatious, if you've mm. been mentioning sex, if you've been talking about sex, perhaps you met on a app that is more mm. associated with hookups and sex yeah, rather sure. than dating then mm. i could see somebody doing something like that but yeah. then if it, if it was a mistake and, and mm. i wasn't vibing off that yeah i wouldn't then be offended mm. i would just be like no not really for me right now maybe in a little yeah. bit so i wouldn't be like oh no absolutely out of here mm. so i think unless they did it in a really really disrespectful way which i i i, I can't see anybody doing that in a in mm. a really rude forward way I, i'm gonna swipe right on them yeah i mean if if that's the extent of it and they don't kind of push it beyond yes. beyond that then um i think it's okay uh, me too yeah so we're both swiping right yeah i think so good great <laughs> all right the next one you're on a first date and they jump in and order for you insisting that you have a salad okay i would get up and leave uh, i would i'd be out swipe yeah. left no um, no chance yeah uh, I, I can't deal with people shaming people based on what they want to eat i no. mean their bodies what they want to eat whatever um you should eat what you want really absolutely i i had a i had a friend recently say to me um and i'm sure this friend i, I don't care this, this friend won't mind me calling them out on the radio <laughs> but um my my friend recently said their biggest turn off is mm. when like they go on a date and the date orders like a big bur- burger or a pizza okay. or something. Mm. And I'm personally like, if I'm on a date, I'm there to have a good time. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. order w- what I want. And mm. I'm not going to order something based on, you yeah. know, trying to make make myself come across in a certain way. I mean, fair enough. If that's your if your sexual fetish is not someone who eats pizzas and burgers, then that's fine. But that's your fetish. It's sure, not something you should judge people yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't <laughs> think it is this person's fetish. Yeah. I think it's just them being a little bit judgmental. So yeah, sure. if you are listening, friend X, um, I'm judging you for judging other people. Friend X, not ex-friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, friend X. We are still friends. <laughs> All right, the next one. You are on a date and the person you are seeing has Donald Trump set as their phone background. And when you ask why, they said, because he's funny. Left. <laughs> Left for me as well, because I feel like either way, you know, whichever way mm. people are leaning on this, this could mean that they're against or for him. Mm. But either way, I just don't think 
That, there is a bit of a weird um, kind of fascination mm. with Donald Trump, you know? Mm. Um, and I, I just don't think it's healthy. Mm. And I, th- I think people... If you have to ask them to explain it, then some people are going to take it as as an endorsement. Exactly. Um, because if it's unclear, then then it can easily be read as an endorsement, and that's not healthy or positive. <laughs> Completely agree with you. I'm also so, no. swiping left. Yeah. All right, our final one. You have a successful date and end up heading home with your date for some sexy times. Mm. You get to their room, and their bed has 30 teddy bears on it. <laughs> they insist that all the bears must stay. Okay. I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of here for this. I think mm. it's, I don't know, I think it's, it's sweet. Cute. It's kind of cute, yeah. I don't know how it would work, but <laughs> <laughs> there's there, 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 quite we, a lot of space taken yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it would be a struggle, but yeah. I, th- I think we'd power through. Yeah. Again, I think it's about context, you know. Yeah. If I was on a date with somebody and, and I got back to their room and it was a literal, mm. like, child's room and mm. they it was just teddy bears and mm. I think I'd be like, oh, that, you know, I want to date an, an adult. Yeah, well, but, at the same time, I don't mind if people don't want to grow up in in a way but yeah, yeah if it's kind of like a a child fetish then then yeah that's a bit um, yeah. strange but if, if it's a case of them wanting to kind of connect to youthfulness or playfulness then i think that's okay and sometimes it's it's nice for people to kind of counter the the need to be super mature and professional totally completely agree yeah yeah, you do want to date an adult (laughs) i I have a couple of friends who um they collect like collectible Mm. um teddy bears and they're Mm. not i wouldn't say that they're childish but they're they're still a teddy bear but they they collect them and they're really passionate about it Mm. and i think when somebody is really passionate about something Mm. it's actually for me a turn on i find that very attractive so if 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 I went into their their apartment and they had a grown-up apartment and they take me into their bedroom and they're like, oh, mm. here's my bear collection. Here's mm. why I'm interested in this. Here's why it matters to me. Mm. I would actually be like, this is so cool yeah. that you're so into this, mm. you know? So, again, it's all about context. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to swipe right to yeah. this person. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, we're going to have some more music, but before that, we are... Um, if you would like to send in your sex confessions, we're going to be reacting to those just after the next song. So you can send those in to Callum at foobarradio.com. Um, and, yeah, please send us in your worst. And we will have those after a little bit of King Princess. That was 1950 by King Princess. And I and I really really love the the inspiration behind this song. Mm. Um when asked about, you know, what was the inspiration, they said queer love was only able to exist privately for a long time, expressed in society through coded art forms. I wrote this song as a story of unrequited love in my own life, doing my best to acknowledge and pay homage to that part of history. Um, hence why it's called 1950 before nice. um, homosexuality was legalized. I, yeah. I think it's really, really lovely. And, I, yeah. and, and, you know, this is why I love LGBT plus artists. They, you know, really paying tribute to these important. Mm. And, and, you know, listening to that song, you wouldn't necessarily know that. But there, no, no. there, there is that yeah. kind of important political message behind yeah. it, which yeah. is it's really beautiful. So shout, shout out to King <laughs> Princess there. Um, and now to completely lower the tone, it's time <laughs> for some sex confessions. Uh, so thank you so much to everyone who has sent in your confessions. Um, and I think we're just going to jump right in with these. So the first one that has been sent in. Thanks to you, I finally realised I'm a side. I had no idea that was even a thing. Always felt like I was weird. Thank you. Um, so I guess th- I guess this one is aimed at myself, unless you identify as a side I yourself. I don't know what a side is either. So <laughs> a, a side is a person who, usually a gay man, mm. who doesn't want to engage in any kind of 
penetrative sex. Okay. Um, well, I guess oral is penetrative. So, so mm. any kind of anal sex. Yeah. Um, because it, within the gay community, there's often this this this, this kind of dichotomy mm. of you know top bottom, and you know we talk about verse, but mm. we never talk about people who don't want to engage in any of those things, and mm. it can be quite. I think it's almost quite heteronormative that we have this obsession with penetration yeah, when sure. it comes to sex. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of gay men out there, myself included, who just mm. don't enjoy anal sex. Mm. And when I've talked about this in the past, you know, I get a lot of the, oh, you don't know until you've tried it. And I was like, well, <laughs> I tried it for seven years and <laughs> right. I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, you know, so this, I, I, I think having these conversations about it is really, really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this is an example of that. You know, I get mm. messages like this literally every single day mm. from other, usually gay men out there, saying that they feel exactly the same, but they mm. didn't know that they were allowed to feel that way. Okay. You know, when everyone's telling you, when everyone's saying, are you a top, are you a bottom, mm. you know, do you give or do you take? Yeah. Um, it can be very difficult to actually say, actually, I, I don't do either of those things. I don't want to yeah. do any of those things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely. finding the more I talk about it, the more I meet other people who feel the same. Mm. Um, and I think it's a massive, massive percentage of people, but mm. people are just afraid to talk about it. I think that helps really with consent and stuff, just just kind Absolutely. of being open about these kinds of things, like what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. And I, I think there should be no pressure to, to do one thing or, or not do another thing or whatever. Totally, completely um, agree. But, um, it, but yeah, I think there often is this kind of assumption that people will just do the normative thing yeah. <laughs> in, in sex. And uh, the number one question I always get after I, I talk about this as well is they say, you know, how do, how do, how do guys react to this when you, when you take <laughs> them home on a night out? Are they furious? Do they, <laughs> do they not want to have sex with you? I've mm. literally never, ever, not once in my <laughs> life had brought a guy mm. back and they've been anything but fine with it. They've yeah. always been completely like, cool. Um, mm. It usually doesn't co even come up, to be honest. We mm. just kind of do our thing, and that mm. never happens. But on the odd occasion where, you know, it's kind of moved towards that, and I've just yeah. been like, oh, I'm not really into that. They're like, oh, okay, cool, let's do something else. Yeah. Literally yeah. never a problem. So, mm. you know, it, it's completely it's completely normal. And I think the more you talk about it, the more normalized it becomes. That's, Absolutely. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you like to read the next one? Uh, so it says, I had sex in a bathroom with a boy, brackets, I'm gay. In a church bathroom once. Oh wow, church bathroom. That is <laughs> that is that is risky. That 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 that's the home of the of the of the homophobes. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> not 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 all religious people are homophobic. Um mm. but but yeah, you know, historically church, very anti gay place. So yeah. ris risky risky behaviour, but I'm maybe, I'm here for it. Maybe it was Metropolitan Church, the the inclusive one. In, oh, in that's London. the one yeah. in London. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. heard so much about this church. Mm. Um, yeah. So many incredible things. Um, yeah, I've got some friends that I think are based there. Yeah. yeah they're really cool. They're, yeah, um, they do amazing work. And yeah, I've not heard of people having sex in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel in general, it's a yeah. very, it's a very holy, respectful place. I'm, mm. I'm not, I'm not criticizing this person. I'm, I'm admiring this person for, mm. for having the, the balls to do this. Good for, good for you. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely challenging <laughs> norms of, of location absolutely yeah. I, I think it's an achievement <laughs> all right our next one i used to be a webcam model to get out of a financial crisis and i'm thinking about doing it again the only thing is when i did it before i was single now i am in a relationship but i don't want to tell my partner this is a really really tricky one mm -hmm. um the first thing that i want to address here excuse me is the fact that they said that they worked as a webcam model to get out of a financial mm. crisis. And, 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 you know, that is absolutely valid. If you want to work as a webcam model in order mm. to earn money, being a sex worker is a completely valid thing to do. Yep. However, 
I would hate for anybody to be in such a desperate situation that mm. they're putting themselves out there in that way when they don't actually feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Because that is something that a lot of people, including myself, mm. have fallen into where they've mm. not particularly wanted to perform in a sexual manner, but they've done it to solve a, a money issue. Yeah. Um, there, 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 there are other things, you, there are other ways that you can make money and... Mm. I, d- I don't think it should ever be seen as a last resort. You know, yeah. I think you should be, if you're going into that, if you want to be a webcam model, if you want to be a porn star, do it enthusiastically. Be mm-hmm. like, this is what I want to do. I'm so proud of what I'm doing. Yeah. This is a great way to earn money. I, d- yeah. I, d- I would just hate for somebody to be doing it out of desperation. Yeah. I mean, definitely if, if they're comfortable with doing it, then then I, I don't see a reason they shouldn't do it. But yeah. it is awkward in terms of having a partner and telling them that. I, I don't know how you yeah. go about that. But, um, so but I mean, it, ideally, if... If the partner is a, a decent person, they would be okay with okay with it. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's about the boundaries of the relationship mm. and, set, and setting the boundaries of that relationship. Yeah, um, you know, because the partner could consider that to be cheating. You know, in their yeah. eyes, that could be yeah. seen as cheating. I would like to think that, like you said, mm. if you if you went to your partner and said that this is what I want to do, mm. I'm I, you know this this is the decision that I've made. I want to put myself out there. Mm. That they should support you. They yeah. absolutely should support you. And I hope that would be the case mm. um but it is tricky because you mm. know there are two people in a relationship and if if one person isn't happy with something mm. then that is something that you need to discuss and address and overcome together yeah sure yeah it's difficult but yeah <laughs> it's 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 yeah. it's really really difficult yeah. um and i i i, I want to read some more of these but that actually mm. brings us right up to the end of the show Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <That was> quick. <laughs> yeah, really quick. T- time flies yeah. when you're having fun. Yeah, um, great. It's been absolutely amazing to have you here yeah. on the show. Um, and all, like I said before at the beginning, all the work you're doing is absolutely incredible. Thank you. Um, if if there are any non-binary people or mm. any other people listening who would like to get involved um, with everything you're doing, mm. whether they want to come to your events or, mm. or volunteer, you know, how can people get involved? Uh, so yeah, if you search non-binary London on Facebook um, or on Twitter. And then also nonbinary.london is the website. Yeah. Um, and then Everyday Cissexism is just at Everyday Cissexism. Amazing. And, and where can people follow you personally? Uh, so I'm on most social media with Indajas, which is Y N D A J A S. Um, so that's Instagram and Twitter. And then I have a like a creative uh, Facebook page, Indajas Creative. Amazing. Well, it's it's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank yeah, you so much for coming in and joining us um and i'm going to play you out with a little bit of bad in love bad at love if you enjoyed this podcast please don't forget to rate and review us on itunes